Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zarin Burnett. My old so-and-so. Hey. I got a question for you. Yes, sir. Okay, do you, do you have a second? I do. You, I do. you, got, you comfortable? I am. I'm good. Okay, you look, you look nice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank um, you. Well, okay, my question was this. It's, uh-huh. I just need help with this. Do you know what's ridiculous? Yes. I knew you would I know. I do. A golden toilet. What? A, a golden toilet. Didn't you cover this? Yeah. Yeah, you talked about a golden. The guy yeah. steals a golden toilet, or they right. stole it. Maurizio Catalan, uh-huh. uh, an artist, he made that solid gold turlet. Yeah, that was in a the, former the MoMA, castle. and then it was in the castle, yeah. right? Yeah, that's ridiculous. <laughs> you just quoting from yourself. I like. <laughs> I it. ran out of ridiculous, so I'm pulling. No, 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 no. I shall never run out. Okay, so golden toilet, right? Uh-huh. And when I told you about it. Originally, yes. they had seven people that were suspects, yes. but they had to let them go because they didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. Well, two rude dudes, uh, Patrick Kovich, who is a home brewer, oh, nice. and Jimmy Dunn Mann, who is an FX modeler. Oh, So two cool. fascinating fellows. I like both of you old jobs. They tipped us off right. that um, there's an, an article in uh, Artnet. Mm-hmm. Headline. Great website. UK authorities are ready to charge seven suspects over the 2019 theft of Maurizio Catalan's gold toilet sculpture. Oh, wow. All seven. All seven. So there were the seven suspects. Now they're about to charge them. Unlucky number seven. Unlucky number seven. So they do believe that it was melted down and people are wearing toilet gold. (laughs) But uh, we may be able to, like, pin it on somebody. Wow. So that was a cool update from Patrick and Jimmy. Thanks, you. Patrick and Jimmy. Yeah. Good looking out. Hooray. And that's ridiculous. That is. Que ridiculo. Thank you. Well, you you got us another second? Sure. Because I, I got one for you. Oh, okay. It doesn't involve any gold, toilets, damn it, bums, nothing. Okay. But you know how I like going fast, right? Like, I do know that. I love to go fast. Yeah. Like, speed is my thing. In every milieu. Yeah, completely. Now, unsurprisingly, I also love stories of high-speed vehicular theft. No. I know, right? Shock, shock, shock. But oh boy, do I have one for you today, Elizabeth. Get ready for the Doctor Who of car thieves. Oh, God. 
This is Ridiculous Crime, a podcast about absurd and outrageous capers, heists, and cons. It's always 99% murder-free and 100% ridiculous. Yes. Elizabeth. Yeah, what's up? Do you like movies about gladiators? Mm, You know, Gladiator was a good movie. You ever seen a grown man naked? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just going to leave aside the dialogue (laughs) from airplane. airplane. Yeah, I know. But I was playing along. Thank you. I do have a legit question for you, though. Yes, sir. Do you like movies about car thieves? Uh, It depends. Not just like as a blanket statement. I've seen some stupid ones, but I've seen some good ones. <laughs> You've seen some stupid <laughs> ones? Okay. Well, like, well, movies like Nick Cage and Angelina Jolie's Gem, Gone in 60 Seconds. You seen that? I did. I saw that once in San Francisco because it was hot as blazes out, and there was, it was like 102. Oh, wow. And there was no, it's never like that in, in San, San Francisco. Francisco, and no one has air conditioning, yeah. and I went in the movie theater and I watched it just to get out of the heat. I like it. What do you think of the movie? I don't remember. <laughs> you remember the cool, cool <laughs> yes. air conditioning? Yeah. Yes. Okay, what about the Marky Mark Wahlberg remake of the Michael Caine classic, The Italian Job? I've not seen the remake. I've seen the original. Okay, what do you think of the original? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good movie. So, like, you remember, like, the little Mini Coopers? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, if you are a team of professional car thieves and you have a list of sports cars you have to steal in order to satisfy the will of some shadowy underworld figure, me, I'm seeing that movie. Yeah. Like, just 100%, right? But sometimes... Sometimes, Elizabeth, I get lucky, and we get a real-life Fast and Furious-style crime spree that seems like it's a movie, but it's in real life. Real life. That's what we're doing today. Oh, I'm excited. So, for as you like to say, and I love to quote from you, for an (laughs) amuse-bouche, back in 2019, we had a Nick Cage wannabe from Germany who won my heart over with some crime. Oh, he did? Yes, he's a sweet guy. Aw. Yeah, the car this uh, cat was after was a 1985 Ferrari 288 GTO. Oh. Yeah. Red sports car it was, right? This highly prized car was one of only 272 built by the Italian car maker. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Car was valued at $3 million U.S. Wow. Uh, $2.63 million to be exact if you're looking to purchase okay. it, Elizabeth. Yeah. Now, well, I got I to check my accounts. Yeah. I mean, you, you probably need to get your checkbook. Well, you know, I got to move some pen. funds around. I'm you're, not exactly liquid right now. I know. It's, it's, it's you know, right before tax season, you got your fiscal yeah. year in. Ending. I, I get it. You yeah, know? yeah. Exactly. So if you were in the market, mm-hmm. set aside 2.63. Okay, we'll do. Right? But this Ferrari, it had other reasons you'd want to own it besides the slightly reduced price tag. Magical powers. It was once owned by a legit Formula One race car driver. Oh. Yeah, it was like... Mario Andretti? No, not your favorite. No, no, no. I don't know any other ones. I know. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Zoom Zooms? Eddie Irvine. Eddie Irvine, okay. Yes, he was a North Irishman who owned it from 1996 to 1999. Uh-huh. And he had good luck with Ferrari because he'd won four races driving a Ferrari for the team, uh, race team Scuderia Ferrari. Oh, okay. Yeah, real race car I driver. would hope he was driving Ferraris if he was on Scuderia Ferrari. Yeah, you would hope, right? It'd be really bad if he was <laughs> Just driving like... Just like pulls up in a VW. He's like, shh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Audi told me this is faster. Uh, the sports car with the distinctive red paint job. Uh, do you know what that red paint job is called? Uh, Ferrari Red. No, good guess. That would be if it was an American. Is it called Rosso? Good. Also guess. Italian Corso. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So this Italian Corso 288 GT was sitting there 
at a dealership in Dusseldorf, Germany. Just mm. Dusseldorfing around, right? <laughs> One day, a man came in wanting to know more about the car, right? And the guy's like, he'd been emailing and phoning the car dealer for weeks, right? Finally, Cat shows up. They're like, oh, it's the guy. And this fateful Monday afternoon, dude steps out of a taxi. He rocks up to the dealer, and he's like, I want to do a test drive of that car right over there. Dealer's like, all right. The guy is this heavyset, middle-aged man. He speaks English and French, but no German. Okay. So Germans are like, no problem, we got you, boo. Yeah. So they're friendly enough, German style, and they decide, okay, we're going like, to take this cat for a test drive. They give the keys to the Ferrari. They go, let's go. Where do you want to you know, drive it? And he's like, oh, I'll just take it around the parking lot of the dealership. So they take it around the parking lot of the dealership, and he's like, oh, yes. But he's like, you know what? This isn't quite enough. I'm wrong. I need to actually see what it feels like on the road. I uh-huh. need to feel the the pull of them ponies. I'd say so. So he said, uh, you know, do these ponies run? The salesman is, buddy. Let's take it out on the road. He's like, okay, I'm going to see how it handles its speed. Do you mind if I just take it up a little bit? He's like, yeah, but, you know, try not to, like, you know, try not to lose control of the car. Because neither one of us, okay, I can't afford this. Apparently you can, right? The salesman's, like, reluctant, but he obliges the guy, Uh right? So... Now, the reason why he was reluctant, as I told you, is, you know, it's hyper expensive. They can't afford it. But if he if this driver, like, you know, crashes it on a test drive, who's responsible? That's is a really good question. The car dealership, the salesman, the guy that who's driving it, his car insurance, who covers the test drive of a Ferrari? Yeah, I don't know. But I am wondering if you want to test drive something that expensive, do they make you like put some sort of deposit or like secure that you could pay for the car if need be typically yes yeah. these are all good questions elizabeth thank you so much yeah like uh way to think financially yeah thank you that's so much. exactly what you would typically do right yeah. however now, on average i looked into this according to the german luxury car dealerships only 10 percent of their prospective buyers ever ask for a full test drive this actually doesn't come up that often what i know right but, Maybe I'm just cheap. Like, I just bought a car not too long, a couple months back. Mm-hmm. And, wow, I guess it's a few months, a lot of months, several months back. <laughs> Time flies. Uh, but two yeah. years ago, you bought a car. <laughs> Once in my life. No, but I mean, it's like I can't imagine being like, let me just take it around. I want to drive it on the street. Yeah, you want to feel the road, yeah, right? I want to run over some kids. <laughs> You always with the kids. <laughs> so the prospective buyer and the car salesman, they eventually agree, like, no paperwork is necessary. Let's just take this bad boy out for a dealership ride. And huh. he's like, okay. You know, the guy, buyer, he races around Dusseldorf in his Ferrari, <laughs> right? He ends up six miles away from the car dealership. And he's like, okay. Woo! That was fun, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm satisfied, right? This guy, the guy, the prospective buyer, he tells the salesman, I'm good, right? Yeah. I'm convinced this is the car for me. Let's yeah. get back to the dealership. Let's, it up. Let's do this paperwork, brother. V Gates, we cool? And the guy's like, oh, yavol, <laughs> right? The prospective buyer's like, hey, you know what? I've been really lucky so far. I didn't lose control of the car. Why don't you drive it back to the dealership? I don't want to press my luck. And the guy's like, oh. Ah, very good call. So I will definitely, I will drive this back to the dealership if you'd like me to. So the buyer's like, cool. All right. He opens his door. The salesman opens his door. Salesman steps out. All of a sudden, he hears the worst sound imaginable. The rev of a Ferrari engine. I would think that if that car, that it would be grinding of gears would be the worst sound imaginable. <laughs> Technically, but yeah, you are correct. I think like the that engine. Is, 
And when I lived in Venice, uh, let me just tell you, you heard that all the time. Oh. All these like McLarens, Lamborghinis, Ferraris coming from Santa Monica down the, the coast. Oh, it's like, painful. Jesus, man. Painful. Could you take a lesson? You got the money. Not everyone can drive those things. Oh, very few people who have I certainly new money can't. apparently can. So yeah. <laughs> eventually this guy, right, he, he hears the rev of the Ferrari engine. The salesman panics. He turns and he sees exactly what he knew what he was about to see. The guy had floored it. Italian wheels gripped German <laughs> road and took off, right? Gone in less than 30 seconds. Oh Nicholas Cage, eat your heart out. <laughs> Police, they send up a helicopter to search for this Ferrari because it's Germany. They're like, we're catching this man, right? Now, they have an iconic, distinctive red sports car. It should be pretty easy to find this guy zipping around Dusseldorf, right? But doesn't matter. Helicopter gets up there. It's too late. The car, the car thief, they're in the wind. Yeah. Car salesman standing on the side of the road with just his career in his hands. <laughs> now, the car thief, he wasn't particularly good at hiding his identity. Because, remember, I said he had emailed and phoned the dealership over and yeah. over again. Well, and again, they didn't ask for his driving license. No, but they did photograph him. They photographed him before he got to take the car out. <laughs> and he also, he was wandering around the dealership, leaving his fingerprints everywhere. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it took doofus. the German police. How long do you think? One day to find homie. To find the doozle doofus. Well, actually, no. They didn't find the dude. They found the stolen Ferrari. Oh, okay. Yeah. The car was hidden in a garage in a neighboring town 18 miles away. That's all. Car was fine, unharmed. That's as far as he went. Oh, yeah. It's as far as he drove, right? The thief was nowhere to be found. As far as I can tell, he was never caught. He totally what? got away with it. Yeah. And they had his prints. They had, had everything. He, just, he wasn't in the system. Apparently not. So, you know, that I was, was fun shocked for by him. that. Yeah, but they found the car. They're like, yeah. we got the car. This is what we're after. I guess that's all that matters. I guess so, because you can sell the car, right? right. Anyway, so Elizabeth. Did he leave a, it full of like full McDonald's, of McDonald's wrappers and stuff? <laughs> that would be amazing. Just, just garbage. <laughs> just been eating junk food the entire time. He's like, oh, so just, he picks up friends. Like, Sorry, just move that. It's cool. Yeah, just kick it over the side. There's like grease stains all over everything. <laughs> anyway, Elizabeth, that was yes. our appetizer for the day. Yum. You're ready to meet our man of the moment. Oh, Always. Our man of La Mancha. Yes. Our Ferrari kleptomaniac of the day. Uh, yeah. All right, let's get into spy high-speed crime. Okay. This dude's name is Tom Baker. Tom Baker. Now, before he stole a 1989 Ferrari 328 GTS, Tom Baker visited a dealership in Summerfield, North Carolina, a few times, much like the previous guy, but he did it a little bit better. He didn't walk around putting his fingerprints everywhere, getting photographs taken of him. No, he just did it to get the lay of the land. He wanted to see what their security was like, right? So he takes these multiple visits. He also was uh, very friendly. He made himself memorable, personable. He decided... Uh, he become buddy-buddy with the owner of the car dealership, this dude named Steve Barney. Now, the car dealership owner reportedly... This guy, Steve Barney, he had cancer at the time. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it turns that. out that the car thief, though, Tom Baker, happened to be a radiologist. So he told Steve, the car dealership owner, that he'd read his x rays and he'd give him a free second opinion. Get a little zap under the table there. Totally. Super nice of him, right? Yeah. Guys, like, hey, let me hook you up. You hook me up. Sure. Right? Scratch my back. I'll buy a Ferrari. Anyway, <laughs> but I should actually amend that. It would have been nice of him had he not been pretending to be a radiologist. Oh. Yes. Tom Baker was no doctor. So, That's bad, bad mojo coming his way for right? that kind of garbage. Yeah. You just wait. Oh, so God. who was he? Yeah, who was he? Well, he was what you and I would call a liar. <laughs> so this non-doctor Tom Baker won over Steve the car dealer's trust. Now, if you ever watched Doctor Who, Doctor Who was the fourth doctor was a guy named Tom Baker. Doctor Who? Who, exactly. What Doctor Who? Doctor Who? Who? 
Doctor. I know, it's stupid. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so this Tom, Tom, Okay, so the fourth doctor was named Tom, Tom Baker. Baker. The the actor or the, the character? The actor was named Tom Baker. The character's always Doctor Who. Oh, it's always Doctor Who. Yeah, well, I didn't know if it was like name. 007, how like <laughs> so other James people Bond. can be assigned oh, that number. Okay, the, the number can be So it's on. like, oh, you're Tom Baker, but guess what? Now you're Doctor Who? Yeah, no, they have different actors play Doctor Who. Always the it's same. Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I know it's different dudes. So this okay. guy is Steve the car dealer, right? Mm-hmm. He has his trust won over by the fake Doctor Who, Tom Baker. Yeah. And as he told the Philadelphia Inquirer, this is Steve the car dealer, he said, quote, if my sixteen year old daughter needed a ride, I would have put her in the car with him. Oh. That's how much he trusted this guy. Wow. I don't know why he's using a 16-year-old daughter as <laughs> a metric for his, tr- his trust. Goodness. <laughs> it's like, the life of my child. <laughs> anyway, so... This, does he often put his daughter in the car? It begs the question, it Elizabeth. Does. He came quick. It, it was like, <laughs> sir, sir, do you have... How many children do you have? Is it always your 16-year-old daughter? <laughs> that poor girl. Yeah. So anyway, the, on that fateful day, Tom Baker dropped by the dealership. He chatted with his old buddy, Steve Barney. And at some point, he asked Steve if he could take the Ferrari 328 GTS out for a test drive. Now, this one wasn't as rare as the one I told you about before. This one was only worth about $55,000. Oh, really? Yeah. You so can pick one up for fifty. dollars Just a song and a steal. Who knew? So Tom Baker was interested in buying it. He said he just needed to take a test drive to make sure he could make up his mind. He'd take it out for a quick spin, maybe hit up the gas station down the road a piece, and then he'd double back to the dealership. Steve mm-hmm. Barney's like, of course, buddy. Flipped in the keys of the Ferrari. Tom Baker slid into that soft, soft leather driver's seat. Placed his hands on that steering wheel wrap. He felt the promise of a Ferrari in his own hot little hands. Then he slowly drove the car off the dealership lot, never to be seen again. Oh, my God. (laughs) As Steve Barney recalled, quote, I was conned. I was conned. And he did a beautiful job. I try to believe in the genuine goodness of people. I won't let that happen again. Oh, he yeah. broke his spirit. I know, which is sad, kind of. I mean, like, what it's world kinda. are we living in when a Ferrari dealer has lost his faith in humanity, well, yeah, Elizabeth? yeah, just a, he lost it. I know, full as stop. a full person, just a normal person, he lost his faith yes, in humanity. It is that's sad. sad. Okay, so on that note, uh-huh. let's just take a little break, okay. and then I'll come back, and I will tell you what it became of Steve Barney's trust in humanity, <laughs> what it became of Tom Baker's felonious love of Ferraris, and uh, let's just say his luck doesn't stay so good. Uh-oh. rant for a sec please pay apps are way too public what happened some rando hearted a payment from five months ago and i realized people can see my entire history who i'm paying like full names it's super weird yeah it's weird how are you paying your friends then apple cash it's all in messages you can literally send cash like a text and it stays between friends random people can't see it did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. As you know, the world can be a dangerous and unpredictable place. With every crime I've studied, I've learned one thing. Your best line of defense is your vigilance and preparation. You don't want to worry. You just want peace of mind. That's why I recommend Simply Safe Home Security. For every ridiculous robbery and theft we talk about, it's pretty obvious the crimes could be avoided with a solid security system. A good home security system keeps people prepared and aware. Simply Safe is that system. It was named Best Home Security Systems 2024 by U.S. News and World Report. And it doesn't just protect your home from crime, it also alerts you to fire, floods, and other emergencies. 
They offer sensors and cameras backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. There are no contracts, and there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. That's simplysafe.com slash ridiculous crime. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. All right, Elizabeth. Okay. We're back. Hey, what's up? Now, you were worried about my man, Steve Barney, the car dealer. And I was. His humanity I and was. faith in it. Yeah. Well, I'd like you to know, I talked to this guy, Steve Barney. I Wait, personally you, phoned you him. You actually did. Yes. I, I once wrote about this fast but not quite furious Ferrari thief. <laughs> and so I phoned the car dealer, Steve Barney, because I was like, I got to talk to this guy to see what it was like to have a car just stolen oh. right up from underneath you. So he was in a word loath to discuss this time. He got ripped off with me. I would me. imagine. And I was like, yeah, you know, I tried to be nice. I was friendly about it. But when I phoned Steve, we chatted for a moment. He was nice, amenable, friendly in that kind of salesman-y way, right? Uh-huh. That is right up until I mentioned the words Tom Baker. Oh, he did then, Did he offer you his 16-year-old daughter? <laughs> no, he did not. We, he left all his children <laughs> out of our conversation. But he did say, who's Tom Baker? And I was like, Oh, well, I reminded him it's not the fourth Doctor Who. I mean, the American car thief. And I said, quote, Tom Baker was the fellow who in 2003 came into your auto shop and he asked to drive a 328 Ferrari GTS he, with you. He did not need to be reminded. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, it slipped his mind. <laughs> the memory came suddenly roaring back into view. It was fully formed, like just fully real and alive. It was like Cameron Diaz's career right after she starred in The Mask. Just boom, suddenly. Boom. All of a suddenly sudden, all everywhere. there. Yeah. 100%, right? And then, whoosh, <laughs> But I that have, was at her own choosing. Oh, yeah, of course. I, I love I respect that. that call. I love that. Anyway. Now, I asked uh, Steve, I said, if he remembered that particular day and that particular test drive. Oh, yes. Did you make, did you make a grown response. man cry? <laughs> Practically, Elizabeth. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was tough. Journalism isn't always pretty. No. Now, he denied the reports that he had cancer at the time and that Tom Baker ever posed as a radiologist. He told me oh. that, that he was never offered any free second opinion on x-rays. So I don't know where, where that yeah, detail where came that up, but it, I've read it in the Philadelphia Inquirer and other news outlets. So well, apparently Shazam. either they got that part wrong or perhaps Steve doesn't want to admit it now. I don't know. Either way, he huh. told me, I really don't want to go through this memory again, if you don't oh. mind. I hate to hurt your journalistic skills, but I want to put it behind me. And he just <laughs> said, thank you for your call. And he hung up, right? Oh my God. Oh yeah. But honestly, I, I totally understand Understood. I mean, I can't imagine I would want to talk about the time a guy sweet talked to Ferrari out of my like, <laughs> well, hands. Like, what did he think you were calling him about? Exactly. Well, Ferraris. I think he thought I was calling. Oh, just in general. Just, he has a phone. Is that I what called you told it. Him? I called his dealership. I was like, "Let me talk to Steve Barney." I didn't say like, "Hey, I want to talk about that bonehead movie he <laughs> oh, did I back see. in 2003." I see. No, he had no idea. So anyway. I would just like to say that Steve, the car dealer, shouldn't feel too bad about it. No, not at all. he was far from alone. Oh. Tom Baker would strike again. Oh, no. And again. 
<laughs> oh, no. So it was three months later, to be exact. Tom Baker left North Carolina behind. He was now in Long Island, New York. Uh, this time he had his covetous eye on a 1985 Ferrari Testarossa. Do you know oh, that one? Oh, yes, the, I do. Okay. That was a Miami Vice car. Yes, good call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was able to get the keys to the Ferrari. He wasn't supposed to go for a test drive. If anything, the salesman he was talking to, he thought he just wanted to hear the engine turn on. That's what he kind of told the guy. So what happened was the salesman hands him the keys. He slides in to just like turn the car over. Let me me just hear this baby purr. Exactly. Now the salesman's like, oh, of course, sir, sir, yes. Then he turns around, I don't know, like Papa Breathman or something. And then Tom (laughs) Baker gets comfortable in that buttersoft leather seat. (laughs) He eases his hands onto that wheel wrap. He feels the accelerator under his foot. And baby, did the ponies call to him. So the Ferrari did indeed purr when he turned it over. And Uh it purred like Italian soul music. And then he was like, I got to hear it start to sing. And he floored it and just drove away from that showroom. And boom, just dropped it into gear and drove right off the lot. Never to be seen again. (laughs) Wait, are these, so neither of these Ferraris have ever been recovered? Nope, he's gone. Someone's driving around. Oh, no, no. Well, eventually I'll tell you what becomes of Tom Baker. And we do find a Ferrari here or there. Okay. So they're gone for a long time, though. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, because dude had disappeared like deviled eggs at a southern potluck. He was gone, gone, right? Yeah. So the felonious Ferrari aficionado with a a taste for test drive theft. Mm -hmm. What does he get into next? Well, it's 2003, right? That's what we've been hanging out in, Mm -hmm. watching these Ferraris get free. Well, that same year, Tom Baker walks into a showroom of Algar Ferrari (laughs) in Ardmore, Pennsylvania. Town's a nice suburb. I don't know if you know it. It's a no. high-end car dealerships to match the type of town it is. It's like a little like bedroom community for the New York, Philadelphia place. area. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the Algar Ferrari dealership in Ardmore, Pennsylvania, they're just, you know, selling Ferraris that day. And all of a sudden, a rather nondescript five foot ten white man walks into the luxury car dealership. Turns out this dude is Tom Baker. <laughs> now, this is the only time we get an actual description of him. Oh. Now, the salesman from the showroom would later recall that he had ruddy brown hair, like kind of a reddish color. It was cut short and neat like a military guy. He wore non-memorable clothes. He had a white shirt with a tie, just Plain old shirt and a tie. He had yeah. a notable gold Rolex on his wrist. So that kind of gave him the gravitas for like, sure. he could buy a Ferrari. Yeah, flashing it. He also wore tortoise shell glasses, uh-huh. which I don't know why, but that just feels like wealth. It like, does feel it, like it wealth. It codes money. It does. <laughs> So this nondescript white businessman in tortoiseshell glasses and a Rolex, he set an appointment for a test drive of a Ferrari, right? So he comes in, he says, I would like to take out the 1996 Ferrari F50. Mm-hmm. Now, if you know anything about Ferrari this. Ferrari F150? <laughs> big old chunky tires. It was, a, it was a, a spec car. Now, the F50, not named for 50 Cent, was <laughs> a limited edition run that Ferrari made, and there were only 349 of them built. Mm. Yeah, the car was created to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Enzo Ferrari's company and its continued success. Yeah. car was valued at $729,000 at Dang. the time. Yeah, so this in walks this nondescript white guy businessman set up an appointment for his test drive, says he's flown in from Atlanta, says also, he's originally from Oklahoma, but he also says he was a CEO from a California tech firm. His lies are just by coastal, yeah. and his soul <laughs> is in flyover country. So he paints his good picture, right? He tells the salespeople from the dealer showroom that he left his limousine parked in a nearby supermarket, and he hoofed it oh, over. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, oh yeah, he's got everything, right? But you see, this phony tech CEO, he also had a little problem. He'd left his wallet on his charter plane with his secretary. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, this happens all it? the time oh, to me. You know how it is, Elizabeth. You fly to Sun Valley for a quick confab with Larry Ellison and you forget your wallet.
wallet in Jackson Hole. Uh-huh. And then you tell Shirley, your executive assistant, you're like, look, Shirley, I need you to fly to Mo- Friedman Memorial Park. Airport. It's in Haley, Idaho. <laughs> then rent a car, drive up to Sun Valley, grab my wallet, and then fly back here to bring me my ID. Can you do that, Shirley? <laughs> Sounds oddly specific. Have right? you gone through this? I'm just saying. Maybe I had a time as a tech CEO. Anyway, that day, Tom Baker, he had a better answer than mine. His answer was to have his secretary just fax over his driver's license to the dealership showroom. Sure. So they wait a while. It takes a while. He calls it. But darn it all, Elizabeth, he couldn't get his secretary on the phone again. He didn't know what was happening. How oh, long would we have to wait? This is This is too much for him. The car dealership sales team was like, you know what? Don't worry about it. We trust you. Like, what are you going to do? Steal a bright red Ferrari and just drive away? Uh, so apparently, <laughs> these sales folks weren't up on the latest news in Ferrari world. I because guess not. that was exactly what was happening how up did, and down the eastern seaboard. How did this not spread? This like was the, 2003, the, pre-social media. Sure, so unless you're reading like, like local news reports, you might have missed like it. Friendster. <laughs> it was apparently not it was, up on there, There's not a whisper network among the Ferrari. I talked to a couple of Ferrari dealers when I was reporting on the story originally, and they are friendly, but they're also really competitive. So oh, I see. They're not like yeah. you know like on a network going, how's your sales, Bob? They're going to lie to each other about yeah. their sales. They're not like telling each other, oh, we had a Ferrari Yeah, stolen. but I mean, like, if you have, like, I don't know, is there like a fax list of APBs where they're like, there this is. dude stole a Ferrari? There actually, we will get into oh, that. Okay. There are uh, registrars and so forth for stolen Cars. I see. Okay. But that's a whole other situation than the car dealers. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so this, like I said, nondescript white guy CEO business dude, he's got going off for his test drive. They're like, no problem. You know what, though? Take my 16-year-old daughter. <laughs> only thing, I don't have a 16-year-old daughter on hand right now, so <laughs> we're going to have to send one of our sales guys with you. So they did. They sent out the sales guy with him. He just caught... You know, he crawled in the car and he's like, all right, let's go for a drive, buddy. Here, uh, how fast do you want to go? Try not to lose control of the car. These things are real fast. (laughs) Right? So the 20 minutes go by. The guy is whipping around. The test drive is going great. He hasn't lost control of the car. Prospective buyer is loving it. He decided, you know what? This handles so well. It's so fast. It feels so sexy. I'm buying this beauty. Car... The, the salesman's like stoked. Oh, like, oh, I'm getting a bonus. So he's like, okay, let's uh, head back to the dealership. And the guy's like, yeah. But he's like, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm going to change my mind for a second. You know, uh, he pulls over to the side of the road. He's like, I, I don't want to drive it back. Do you mind driving the rest Such of the way back? Such a good little scam. Right? And the guy's like, you know, I've been lucky so far. I don't want to press my luck. This is a $729,000 car. And I hate it for anything bad to happen to you if I crashed on the way back. So I'm going to buy it. Let's just have you drive it. And the guy's like, I appreciate that, man. You're looking out for me like that. Good looking at oh. guy. You're a, you're a real square gefella, right? <laughs> so he opens the door. He pops out. The guy in the driver's seat, he Tom Baker, he pushes open his door, right? And as soon as the uh, salesman closes his door, he hears the other door closed, but he doesn't hear any footsteps. And he turns around and boom, he hears that distinctive purr of the Ferrari engine as it races away. Oh, my God. The bright red sports car tore out of there. I mean, just the way the guy describes it, he said it's like it flew. The Ferrari <laughs> raced away at speeds approaching 100 miles an hour. No. He just slammed just, the accelerator. Oh, and I don't God. know if you know about this, but a Ferrari can get up to 100 miles in about four to five seconds. So, oh, my God, the yeah, whiplash. Exactly. Dude's like just thrown back in the seat, and the, the poor salesman on the side of the road is just sitting there eating dust. Well, yeah, and his spirit's broken. Oh, yeah. another salesman's spirit broken. <laughs> just the faith humanity lost. So he watches helplessly as his Ferrari lifts up over a rise in the road and disappears from view. 
never to be seen again. Oh, my God. But this time, we now know when this car would be seen again. I will tell you. This one is not so much never to be seen again. It'll be seen again in five years' time. Oh. In 2008, it'll resurface. But first, we need to catch up with Tom Baker, Elizabeth. Yeah, what's he up to? Is that even his real name? I doubt it. Elizabeth, can I ask you a favor? Sure. Okay, all this talk with Ferraris, I feel like we need an Elizabeth impression of my man, Thomas Magnum P.I., a.k.a. Tom Selleck. Oh, my God. Do you think you can favor me with a little Tom Selleck as Magnum P.I.? Yes. Just a hint? Yeah. Um, Let me, okay, let me get ready. Hey, everybody, it's me, Tom Selleck, and a lick of the mustache and the tiny shorts. (laughs) So Right? So good. Perfect. I I could feel the thigh meat and the mustache bristling in the Hawaiian wind. licking the mustache. Okay, that was so awesome. Now it's time to bring our detective into this story. Enter Detective Joe Hess of the Lexington, Kentucky Metro Police Department. Hello. At this point, the year is 2007. Detective Hess, he's just working on normal type cases when he receives this strange call from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Never heard of them. Totally. I'd never heard of them. I'm like, what is the NICB? Well, if you've never heard of the NICB like me, it's not an actual government agency. They just try to sound like one. Uh The NICB is a nonprofit crime fighting bureau. (laughs) What? (laughs) It sounds like if you support their crime fighters, you get an NICB tote bag. Right, exactly. So the agency apparently has a 110 year history. It started out as two different nonprofits, the National Automobile Theft Bureau and the Insurance Crime Prevention Institute. Together, in 1992, they reformed as the National Insurance Crime Bureau. This has to be some scam. Totally. It feels like it. But apparently, but you know it's, it's pretty now legit. We'll probably get someone who listens, works for them. It'll be all, I, I am offended. You'll, yeah, you'll say, no, it seems pretty legit. Anyway, so okay. Detective Joe Hess, he gets a call from an agent from the NICB. The bureau had received a call from Ferrari, the Italian car maker. The car mm-hmm. maker wanted them to look into details of a 1985 Testarossa. The owner of the car had contacted Ferrari in Italy and asked for identification stickers to be sent to him. He claimed needed replacements. Ferrari's like, okay. So they checked the vehicle identification number. It's VIN. It didn't match the serial numbers that Ferrari had on record. That was suspicious enough for the car maker to reach out to the agents at NICB. And they're yeah. like, hey, do you mind checking on this for us? <laughs> so then NICB, they reach out to Detective Joe Hess. Why Joe Hess, Elizabeth? I wish I knew. Because the man who contacted Ferrari was named Tom Baker, and the Italian car maker knew where he lived. He'd told Ferrari that he lived in a suburb of Lexington, a place called Nicholasville. So Detective Joe Hess of Lexington assembles a task force. He has FBI agents, Kentucky State Police officers, and ICB agents. Together, they pay an unannounced visit to Tom Baker's house. They show up at his what door. What is he? Oh, my God. The task force drove out to Nicholasville, Kentucky. They pulled their care van of like suburbans or whatever right up in front of a rather run-of-the-mill home it's a standard red brick southern home with a detached garage you know like the breezeway yeah yeah the windows were covered lights off it doesn't look like anyone's home the agents from the task force are like huh what should we do about this they walk up to the door anyway they knock on the front door surprising no one in the task force they receive no answer so what do they do elizabeth well, they do what cops do. They left their business cards. Like, sorry, we missed you. We'll try again later. <laughs> so if you get a business card from the FBI, that has to be a tense moment. I'm just saying. I would think so. But, Although, you know, on uh, Law & Order SBU, I've been told by yes. people who watch it. I watch it. I might have been the one told that you. That it's like uh, uh, Stabler Elliot and Stable, Benson. Yeah. Uh-huh. They have like the... the um, business card of death that like if you if they give you the card like you're not making it through the episode <laughs> that's about accurate right so oh, not, i mean not that i watch the show no of course not i would never no. think or presume Don't that you watch, watch tv, TV. No. now for old tom baker he handles his prattler calmly 
He called the number on the business card. <laughs> Good on he, him. he didn't call Detective Joe Hess. Instead, he called a different member of the task force, the card for Agent Ed Stein, who was a supervising special agent for the NICB. So Tom Baker phoned Agent Stein, assuming it was about the Ferrari stickers he'd requested, and pre- presumably he also wanted to hear what the NICB knew about him. Yeah. So Agent Stein tries to set a trap for Tom Baker. He asked Tom if he had the Ferrari Testarossa in question. Tom Baker's like, yeah, I got it. And he's like, I mean, not with me. I have it in a storage unit in a nearby town. It's a about an hour and a half away. A little town called London, London, Kentucky. Guy's like, oh, okay, yeah. So Agent Ed Stein, he's not some paper pusher from the insurance bureau. I don't want you picturing a guy with okay. like, you know, pencils in his like shirt pocket. He was a former cop. He was the chief of police of Alexandria, Kentucky for eight and a half years. Oh, he was a gosh. well-trained cop. He had cop instincts. He could sense that Tom Baker was acting elusive, avoidant. So he tries to like tell the suspect, you know, oh, hey, we'd like to come out to you to confirm the VIN, the vehicle's identification number, and we'll issue you a new sticker authorization. And uh, he tells Tom Baker he'd happily make the hour and a half trip down to London to see the Ferrari himself. Yeah, of course. Tom Baker's like, oh, yeah, yeah, cool. Let's do that. Let me check my calendar and I'll call you back. And then he hung up. (laughs) And Agent Stein knew he'd never hear from Tom Baker ever again. And he was right, Elizabeth, because Tom Baker was once again in the wind. Tom Baker never returned to his house in Nicholasville. Oh, no. The trail went cold as a pimp's heart. Just like the Ferrari he stole, Tom Baker just up and disappeared. So that's his real name is Tom Baker. Yep, turns out it's his real name. And Detective Joe Hess and his multi-agency task force, they broke up like the Beatles, each going their own separate ways. Detective Joe Hess, but he still had that itch, that one that's special investigators like you get yes. and you just like you have that feeling you can't shake it right and you just have the case haunting you well less than a year passed and joe hess he got to scratch that crime itch mm-hmm. yeah this time it was the fbi that contacted him oh the year was 2008 okay. june okay and after this break i'll tell you all about what happens and how this ferrari theft gets his just desserts Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All 
All right, Elizabeth. Zarin. We're back. Yes. You ready? Yes. Buckled up? Yes. Okay, Buttercup, here we go. 2008, June. Buffalo Division of the FBI. They okay. get information on a Ferrari Testarossa that's up for sale in Lexington, Kentucky. I don't know why the Buffalo, Buffalo? Division gets this tip, but it they got, do. It got shuffled off to Buffalo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Boom. So they, it turns out they have this guy, Tom Baker, apparently, not involved at all as far as the Buffalo people are concerned. They So at first, Joe Hess doesn't understand why he's being reached out to, but instead, it's this woman named Carol Poulos. And the car is for sale on eBay, and the list price is $46,000. So it's gone, now gone down $9,000. Uh-huh. The car was bought and sold, but then the new owner had tried to register it with Ferrari, and he discovered that the VIN didn't match the car paperwork. The number for the recently sold Ferrari was coincidentally just off by one digit from the VIN of a Ferrari that had been stolen from a Long Island dealership. Oh, man. He changed just one number. One <laughs> so, number. The Detective Joe Hess and the FBI, they re-team like the Eagles for one last tour. <laughs> and they went and they paid a visit to the woman, Carol Poulos, who sold the Bunko Ferrari. Now, the question is, does she know Tom Baker and would she flip? Yeah. So, turns out, the FBI is at her door. What is she going to do? Not just like leaving a card. They're knock, knock, knocking. Yeah. When the FBI shows up at the front door of Carol Poulos, she did the smart thing, Elizabeth. She did not lie to the FBI. That is the smartest thing anyone can do. I recommend it to We've everybody said I it know. Before. Do not lie to the FBI. No, just don't. Just don't say anything. Uh-uh. Go give me a lawyer, but do not lie. Do not to lie FBI. to the FBI. They will get you. Yes, and it's a big crime. Anyway, yeah. it's like mail fraud. Just don't do it. Just don't do in it. In fact, uh, this woman, Carol Pulos, she did the smartest thing possible for her in that moment. She told them everything she knew. Good for her. She told the agent she didn't own the car. She was just handling the sales. She sold the car for a friend. Well, it wasn't actually a friend. It was just someone she knew. It was this guy named Tom Baker. She was like, <laughs> right? She said that he owed her $20,000, and this is his way of paying her back. She wasn't involved at all, and she was just trying to get her money, and they're like, okay, lady, it's all right. Calm down. You're, yeah. We're not going to bust you, right? Turns out the stolen Testarossa gets seized, impounded, but it had already been paid for by Lloyd's of London. That was the insurer for the, the car oh. dealership. So the car gets returned to Lloyd's of London because yeah. now they own it, right? Yeah. So now Joe Hess, though, has got a lead. He's back on the trail, this elusive Ferrari thief, and he gets to work. He works the leads he had. He phones up all of his fellow lawmen. He contacts the dedicated detectives of the NYPD. <laughs> he asks them if they would do him a solid. Would they run out to Long Island and ask the salesman there if he could ID a photo of the suspect from a lineup? Now, I do have a quick question. Sure. Do we know why Tom owed that woman 20 grand? No. Okay. We just think he's a con artist type. Yeah, it's and he interesting. Must have been involved in some scams. She, yeah. It does not come out. I assume there's some criminal component. Okay. And yeah. she did not want to make that clear. So she's like, oh, he just owes me. It's like antiques or right. something. Yeah. Right. Got anyway, it. so the NYPD detectives are asked by Joe has to go out to Long Island and talk to the salesman from the car dealer and go, hey, yeah. can you ID this guy? See if he's Tom Baker. The dedicated detectives of the NYPD were like, Bet. We got you, Blue. So the cops showed the salesman, a guy named Faisal Sajad, the photo lineup. And he immediately picked out Tom Baker. He's like, that's the guy. Ah. And we, we here's this positive ID. Detective Joe Hess phones Faisal and he asks him point blank, you sure it's him, right? He told Faisal, you're positive this is the guy. I mean, it's been a few years since he stole from you, right? And he's like, and Faisal was like, and I quote, detective, you never forget the man who stole a Ferrari from you. <laughs> 
So now that he had a positive ID and a hot lead, Detective Joe has, he works the modern equivalent of shoe leather. He works the phone lines, the online databases. He finds a hit. There was an ER doc from the Lexington area who'd recently purchased a previously owned Ferrari, but not just any Ferrari, Elizabeth. This ER doc bought a Ferrari F50. Oh, I was wondering. He yeah. paid $375,000 for the hot red number. When that was the one that was like almost $730,000 right? value. So <laughs> yeah. real, um, we need to move this hot car yeah, kind of deal, like right? It. Now, I remind you, this is car is just one of 349. So yeah. the buyer, Dr. Jasbir Dillon, uh, he contacted Ferrari looking to register his car. Because apparently if you buy a Ferrari, this is the first thing you do. You contact That's what Ferrari. That's sounds like. like. Can I register this thing? And yet again, Ferrari had to inform the new buyer that unfortunately his paperwork did not match theirs. And in fact, the car matched a VIN of a Ferrari that had been stolen from a Pennsylvania showroom. So the <sighs> ER doc contacts the man he bought the car from, and the seller, this guy Tom Baker, promises <laughs> to return his money to him. He didn't know why there'd be in any issue with the VIN. This is just ridiculous, but he'll happily make it right. Now, Tom Baker actually did send the doctor his money back. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, and but the car at this point is evidence. So instead of getting the money and the car back, the FBI sees is the car and the and the money because they're both involved in the crime. Oh no! So now he the car is being held for the insurance company, which already had paid the Ardmore, Pennsylvania dealer showroom. So the insurance company is going to get the car. So the money's Lloyd's being of held. London is just rocking a garage by now. Exactly. Actually, though, this one is a different uh, uh, insurance firm than Lloyd's. No, of but London. it's Lloyd's. I, but everybody's Lloyd's of London. I like I like your spirit. Yeah, Let's not? go with that. Now the FBI, Detective Joe Hess, they're drawing in close to capturing their man. It was just a matter of time until they catch Tom Baker. I mean, if he'd slip up at all, they'd be there to catch him. So Joe Hess, he has his arrest warrant at this point. All he needs to do is find the guy yeah. who can serve it. Of course, though, he knows he can't be too cocky because Tom Baker stayed on the lam for years at this point. Uh -huh. He can always flee the country. And Ferraris, they sell well overseas. I mean, if he, he goes over to Japan or Dubai or even like Russia, yeah. he could be truly gone, girl. Right. So Detective Joe Hess and his multi-agency task force, they plan their next move. But they catch a break before they can make their next move. The biggest break a cop could catch. Tom Baker walks into the Lexington Police Department and turns himself in. No. <laughs> it turns out his most expensive stolen Ferrari, the F50, once it had been impounded by the FBI and he had given back the money, he'd lost his big score. He didn't have the money to flee the country. He had no way to run. So he tries to, to cut a deal. Yeah. He comes in and he's like, look, I got other Ferraris. I'll give them back to you if we can talk about a little leniency in court for the old Tom Baker. Oh, no. So Detective Hess and the FBI agree to this plea deal. They go, like, all right, fine, man, just show us this other Ferrari. So in October 2008, Joe Hess meets Tom Baker at a storage facility and the elusive car thief, he reveals to the stubborn lawman the last of the stolen Ferraris. The curious thing, though, for Detective Joe Hess was less about this car. It really wasn't about the car at this point. He wanted to know about this car thief and how yeah. he got away with it, right? And so finally he gets to meet the man in person because he wasn't there when he walked into the police station, right? Mm -hmm. This is his moment. So after a year and a half, he gets to meet him. And Detective Hess just finds it really odd that Tom Baker is dressed exactly like a pilot. When he meets a pilot. him, a pilot, he gets no ruse, no costume. He didn't go down to like the Halloween spirit store and say, I need a, a costume for the road. <laughs> like a sexy pilot costume. This is his work uniform. He is a legit pilot. Oh, you're Turns out me. the car thief worked for the economical airline JetBlue. Tom Baker, dashing, daring what? Ferrari thief, was actually a middle-aged divorced father of two who flew for JetBlue and his hobby was stealing high-priced Ferraris. What? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so after he was caught, or rather after he was turned, turned himself in. Yeah. 
This is far from the end of his ridiculous crimes because first the FBI had to get into some ridiculousness of their own. Because on May 27, 2009, a special agent for the FBI and an assistant attorney for the Department of Justice, they were tasked with the transfer of the stolen Ferrari F50, the one from, they had to move it from one holding place to another. Yeah. But rather than get like a truck to haul, they decided they just drive it themselves. <sighs> Only they weren't <laughs> nearly the driver that Tom Baker was. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what, Elizabeth? Rather than me tell you about it, close your eyes. Oh, I'd like you to picture it. It's a bright spring day in May 2009, and you, Elizabeth, are enjoying the day as a regal moth, a.k.a. the royal walnut moth, (laughs) from the moth family Saturnati. Now, much like my man Shuang Zhu, you may just be a woman dreaming that she's a moth, or perhaps you've always been a moth who's been dreaming she was a woman. So true. Either way, at the moment, you very recently left behind your prior life as a hickory-horned devil caterpillar. First, you spun yourself a chrysalis inside your cocoon. You dissolved all of your body tissues, rendering it down to some protoplasmic goop. And then over time, you reformed yourself as a moth. Then you eventually broke open your chrysalis. You stretched your new wings and took to the sky. And now on your day two as a moth, you flit, you float, you gently ride the spring breeze. As you glide on currents of breeze and then the soft spring air, you hear this sound approach. It's the purr of a high-performance engine which means very little to you. You flap your wings and try to gain some elevation, but you are one unlucky moth. The noise is faster than you anticipate, and what feels like a mere second and a half, you are suddenly whipped down by the speed of wind, and you get stuck to the windshield of a speeding Ferrari. Nice. You are plastered to the glass as the red sports car races down a quiet Kentucky country road. This is not how you imagined life as a moth would go, but there you are. You crane your moth head around and spy through the glass of the windshield. Two men, both are wearing big, dumb grins, the kind that come from driving a Ferrari really fast. Behind the wheel is FBI Special Agent Frederick Kingston and Shotgun Assistant U.S. Attorney Jay Hamilton Thompson. You don't know this, but he's the man prosecuting the guy who stole this car, a man named Tom Baker. At the moment, pinned to the windshield, you try to get used to the feel of the wind of speed, and then out of nowhere you hear this strange sound. There's a boom sound, followed by a squeal of wheels. The Ferrari swerves hard to the right, then overcorrects. It swerves hard to the left. Boom! Again, the super rare Ferrari slams into a tree in some low squat bushes. You flap your wings. The wind of speed is gone and has done no damage to you. You lift up into the blue of the sky. You shake your mop head at the FBI agent who just crashed a $730,000 supercar. The DOJ attorney starts cussing up a storm. You laugh in moth as you take one look back and see what's left of the car. The driver's side door is split. Carbon fiber exposed to the air, earth. The DOJ attorney is turning all sorts of colors as he continues to cuss at the FBI agent who's just shaking his head. You turn and feel the sun on your face as you fly off to find a quieter country road. Elizabeth. I, I just... <laughs> I... So after oh that FBI God. agent lost control of the Ferrari and slammed into a tree while joyriding it. Slammed into a tree? is just like... Destroyed it. That left the Department of Justice in a hell of a sticky situation because the insurance company had already paid out on the $730,000 claim, so they were now the owner of the stolen Ferrari, and they wanted the car they had purchased. Yeah. So they asked the, the about the car, and the DOJ got real quiet, real quick. Eventually, Motors Insurance Group, they had to file a lawsuit against the DOJ. In it, the company claimed that their property was destroyed, quote, while the Ferrari was being detained by the FBI. <laughs> 
<laughs> Thus, the FBI was responsible to make it right. And yeah. the DOJ is on the hook, too. So the FBI, equally mum. Nobody's saying anything. The lawsuit catches media attention. It becomes a story. And then the story of an FBI agent crashing a stolen super rare Ferrari became a Reddit sensation. Got a lot of attention. Someone had to say something. So eventually, Charles Miller, a spokesman for the Department of Justice, came forward. He answered questions about where the missing Ferrari was. Miller said he didn't know where it was. He said, and I what? quote, I know it's not in my garage. Are you kidding me? And that's where it's left. As for the whereabouts <laughs> that of that mangled F-50, one of only 349, apparently no one knows where it's being stored. It was finally fully disappeared, lost in the paperwork. You're stolen by the me. Department of Justice. <laughs> yes, the FBI casually stole a sports car from an insurance company. It's just in the corner of an company. impound lot and They were like, what? What are you looking? Don't look at us. That's insane. So as for Tom Baker, what became of the JetBlue pilot with the car thief yeah, hobby? Yeah, what became of the JetBlue he pilot? was sentenced to a mere eight months in prison. But no doubt, the wildest part of his sentencing had to be the terms of his imprisonment. He only had to go to prison two days a week, Elizabeth. Wait. The rest of the time, he was allowed to go to the airport so he could, quote, make his scheduled flight from Lexington, Kentucky to Orlando, Florida for purposes of his employment. Okay. He was making the Disneyland run or Disney World run, rather. So they're like, we got to get those tourists down to Disney World. We need Tom Baker. Uh, <laughs> that look on your face says well, it all. Well, so that, like, first of all, you're sitting on a plane and it's a felon flying you around. Oh, yeah. You have no idea. Some jailbird taking <laughs> you from one place to the next. But he's a hell of a pilot. And I thought that I mean, was just a, like, European thing where they let people check out. Apparently in Kentucky, they let pilots. Who knew? Yeah, exactly. So the dude kept right on flying. But if you can believe it, Tom Baker's story is not quite done because oh, I haven't told no. you about his boat crimes. Sorry, yacht crimes. It was 2016 and Tom Baker was once again a free man. He put his, his uh, criminal past behind him. Now he was uh-huh. a luxury yacht owner. He was also a heavy drinker. The two hobbies, they kind of go together like chocolate and peanut that butter. That is true. But they are also at cross purposes. So one day, or rather one night, around 2.15 a.m., drinking one out and he sank his yacht. In fact, he crashed it. And not just into another boat or a ship as people prefer he did like i would have done he crashed it into the sand he hit land he crashed his 72 foot yacht into the shores of palm how? beach florida how does he afford a 72 foot yacht <laughs> i know i'm piloting i don't know right okay. so it is liquored up on long island iced teas and he just drives his boat right into the earth right now unbelievable a long island iced tea as you know is a professional alcoholics drink of it's choice. just got everything in it yeah right? it, it's got like four or five different liquors in mm-hmm. it like if you're an alcoholic that's like it'll get you there right yeah. it gets you sideways quickly so drunk tom baker he crashes his 72 foot yacht into the beach what does he do next elizabeth from what we know of this guy steals a car does he steal a car and drive away no does he steal another (laughs) boat and try to flee also, no. Oh, he has a whole other plan. I was so excited. He yeah. hops off the boat. He leaves it there, just careening on the shore, leaking oil, gas, whatever else. He decides to fight the case because, surprise, surprise, this would be Tom Baker's second boating under the influence charge in less than a month's time. Oh, you're kidding me. So Tom Baker argued that it wasn't his fault or the booze's fault that caused the crash into the shore. It was the boat's GPS. And more than that, he was adamant about this fact, so he went on the offense. He sued the city of Palm Beach. He sued the police department. He demanded 450000 thousand dollars in damages now how what? how could he be the aggrieved party in this yeah the one suing the cops well his legal argument was quote that the cops had a, a legal obligation to secure and tow his property when he was arrested but they had failed to do that so it was therefore oh their fault. oh my god now i don't know how the law works in florida in fact i don't think anyone does but somehow this bizarre legal strategy worked in court and tom baker had no. his bui charges dropped and he pleaded down to a reckless operation of a vehicle no. and this is the secret to his criminal success elizabeth tom Tom Baker is powered by a unique criminal imagination. <laughs> he could pretend to be super rich, but mostly it's just his confidence yeah. that it's just going to work out for Tom Baker. Like, yeah. This is going to be fine for Tom Baker. Oh my now, God. It doesn't matter if it's a boat, Long Island iced tea, or Ferrari. He knew how to make it work for him. And jokes aside, uh, quote, 
Detective Joe has said he had a story. Who he was, how he was dressed, he looked the part, he knew the right words, he knew the right questions to ask. And that, Elizabeth, is how you steal a Ferrari. You ask the right questions, you always blame your secretary, and, you know, wear a tie, because those things make your words sound more believable. If you don't believe me, just look at politicians. Act like you know. Exactly. It's what you always say. Act like you so know. So there you go. What's a ridiculous takeaway? Uh, You know, just act like you know. <laughs> but also... Uh, speaking of Ferrari, I saw a trailer yes. for the Ferrari movie. That's oh yes, with out. your new favorite Italian accented actor. That, uh, why? <laughs> why? Why? Why do they have Adam Driver do? Why you know like Adam Driver's <laughs> accent? <laughs> He's a perfecto, Elizabeth. Oh he sounds God. like a did you Italia. See, did you see House of Gucci? I did not see it at the movie. It's yeah. So bad. Is it no good? It's the accent. No, actually, are... I did see. You made me watch a clip of it on YouTube to, yeah. see, to see the clips. The accents fighting. are terrible. No, I did not. It's not use a drama. He's also spicy this is, meatball. This is how you do it, Italian accent. Yeah, no, they all sound like Mario <laughs> Brothers. And so, yeah, and Father Guido Sarducci. So, yeah, that's my takeaway is like, don't do Enzo Ferrari like that. Dude, apparently it did really. It got a six-minute standing ovation at the Venice Film Festival, that means and they are to Italians, me. Elizabeth. That means nothing. They to me. weren't there aren't Italians in there. It's all a bunch of foreigners coming in there to watch the movies. <laughs> Germans and French people, yeah. in the Venice theater. Yeah, uh-huh. I see. How there's it is. that. You know, if you want to see like little glimpses of it, that's good. There's that documentary about the Fiat guy. Yes, that's dope. That uh, yeah. And their whole like rivalry with yeah, Ferrari. You yeah, get yeah. a bunch in there. Yeah. That is that's a ridiculous takeaway. So that is a really ridiculous way to give a takeaway. Yeah. There thank you go. You. Well, thank you for asking what mine is. I don't have one so there you go you told the story you don't need one Oh, okay. There, I'm free. You're free. Look, Jeannie, I'm free. <laughs> well, as always, you can find us online at Ridiculous Crime, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I think they took threads finally away from us. We have a website, though, RidiculousCrime.com. Mm-hmm. You should check that out. It wins design awards. There's merch you can buy. It's also like um, a dating site, apparently. Anyway, mm-hmm. you can email us if you want a Ridiculous Crime at gmail.com. As always, remember, dear Elizabeth, and then start your email. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Because Crime is hosted by Elizabeth Dutton and Zarin Burnett. Produced and edited by Dave. Remember, Ferrari has the horse. Lamborghini has the bull. Houston. Research is by Marissa. I prefer to steal American cars. Brown and Andrea. I'd only steal an anime car. Song sharpened here. Our theme song is by Thomas. Vroom Vroom. Lee and Travis. Grandma calls me Barney Oldfield. Dutton. The host wardrobe provided by Botany 500. Executive producers are Ben. The F in FBI stands for fun, bowling, and Noel. The B stands for balloons, brown. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. 
This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.